Welcome to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, your host, Steve Vaughn, also with me on this edition. And Steve, for the last 15 to 20 years, we have crisscrossed the nation, encouraged young people to get out of the box when it comes to higher education, include mentorship. And of course, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm mentoring between 15 and 20 young men in any given week. And I believe that as much as they will invest in mentorship, they will find it to be extremely valuable and better than going into $150,000 of college debt and not really getting anything out of it. A recent Red Balloon survey of 905 small business owners found that two-thirds of them do not believe that college graduates have relevant skills which will be of any benefit to their companies. Big concerns are lack of maturity, lack of decent work ethics, and only 10% of these business owners are looking for candidates with college degrees. Also, a recent Wall Street Journal article that I picked up, uh, I think it was in September of this year, more students are turning away from college and toward mentorship. Some white-collar training programs have become as selective as Ivy League universities. So I don't think I would have imagined that when uh, our message was largely rejected in the homeschool population across America. But now it appears that it's not just the homeschoolers, but the entire nation is turning towards apprenticeships and mentorships. And I know that you do a lot of this yourself. Yeah, I've I've got, I don't know how many students that I see online and, and I teach them. Uh, it's under the umbrella of speech and debate, but I'm telling them that this is so much more than, you know, just winning a trophy or learning how to do this. I'm, I'm wanting them to be warriors for Christ and being able to use critical thinking, uh, good speaking skills, good thinking skills, good persuasion skills for the cross of Christ. And, uh, and I think that that's going to serve them a lot more than any kind of college degree that they would be able to get. Yeah. And of course, I, I guess we're seeing an interest arising everywhere. And I think there's nothing better for young men, especially to find this Titus II arrangement in which the older men are encouraged to teach the younger men to be sober. And, uh, you know, God's word speaks to this discipleship versus education. And we talk about the importance of focusing upon character first. And the life integrational element of knowledge that you can't just know something, you must also apply it to life. There's a two-step system involved in any form of knowledge, the first of which is to obtain the fact, the thing to know. But the second thing is to know where to plug it in, where to use it, where to make the application. And without making the application, you've never completed the process of knowing or learning. So uh, this, of course, essential for any kind of basic theory of education. And we bring this out in my book, Upgrade the Ten Secrets to the Best Education for Your Child. And it's about time right now for a Copernican a revolution in the area of education, uh, I believe. And that's, of course, what we've been pushing for about 15 years of this ministry. Uh, but, you know, how do we deal with this issue where, well, only 10% of business owners looking for candidates with college degrees and the assumption is these are white-collar jobs. Uh, now, some of the larger corporations are still somewhat interested in the college degree, and yet fewer and fewer. I'm continuing to find many of the largest Fortune 500 companies in America, including the largest in the country today, Walmart, has finally issued a call for 
those without college degrees to apply for their white collar jobs. Uh, so the largest employers in the world, in America today, are now dissing college and saying, hey, we're not interested in college, but we are interested in the more fundamental issues of job experience. You've already proven yourself in a mentorship. You demonstrate something of a work ethic and a willingness to take on responsibility. This is the thing that matters to uh, corporations that are in the free market. And, and really, the sheepskin doesn't really do that much for you in the free market these days. Be back with more mm-hmm. in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we're back on Generations. Kevin Swanson here with the vested interest to be sure that we're preparing the next generation of homeschool graduates Graduates coming out of Christian homes, Christian churches across America, ready to merge into the macro economy and make viable contributions to companies and perhaps even to their own entrepreneurial endeavors. And so much of that relies upon mentorship. And we've got to bring, I think, not just a couple of 10, 15 mentorship opportunities, but there needs to be hundreds of thousands of pastors, older uh, corporate owners, business owners. Uh, Christian men in the churches willing to take a young man and give him an hour or two of mentorship a week, or perhaps even 15 to 20 hours of mentorship throughout a given week. I've got a young man living with me this week, and he'll be picking up an additional, I don't know, 30, 40 hours of mentorship while he's with me this week. And I have been mentoring him for, I think he said, uh, was it three and a half years thus far? All right. So mentorship is a vital part of every pastor's life. Every businessman's life, every Christian man's life, uh, we have a responsibility to take uh, young men with us to disciple them, to mentor them, and to prepare them uh, for uh, future responsibilities as fathers, husbands, and workers. Uh, by the way, the number of people quitting their jobs in America today is still higher than it was for the fat last 20 years. Right now, 3.6 million people quitting their job any given month. That's uh, up up from 2.5 million per month on average over the previous 20 years. 41% of Gen Z employees say they have changed jobs in the last 12 months. 
Only 17% of Gen Xers have done so. The median tenure has dropped from 4.6 years to four years since 2012. So retention, job retention, very, very much lower than it's ever been. It improves obviously upon marriage. Sadly, young people are not getting married until on average 29 years of age today. So why the lack of retention? Well, obviously employer and employee, both sides bear responsibility. But uh, this time, I think there's an expectation of being paid more than you're worth. And why is that? I want to touch on this just for a moment, Steve. Why do people have this expectation that they should be treated at a higher level than they are really worth in the free marketplace. So that's my question. I think the answer is very obvious. Our entire society has this impression that we can live high, high, high above our standard of living, that we can live on debt. Effectively, this is a debted society. Now, here's one more issue. When the Federal Reserve releases $8 trillion of free money into the economy, what's the message sent? Think about that for a minute, Steve. What's the message sent when the Federal Reserve releases $8 trillion of free money into the economy through quantitative easing? Money does grow on trees. (laughs) It's free for everybody. (laughs) It does. It's free. There's free money everywhere. Why not? Free lunches. Everywhere. Remember the the old... Expression: There ain't no free lunch. Well, there are free lunches, and they're everywhere. Until you have to pay us. the piper. <laughs> and so we can earn we can earn money for doing nothing until we all have plenty of yeah. money, but there's nothing that yeah. money can buy, as you mentioned, right? So, so here I think here's what happened, and this happened in 2020, thanks to Donald Trump and then Joe Biden, two of the presidents of the United States, one Republican, the other Democrat. But uh, by quantitative easing and massive debt spending, here's what our governments are doing. They're training the nation and the the nations, Europe, Japan, nations all over the world. By quantitative easing and massive debt spending, our governments have trained the people that will never have to go through hard times. That we can live off of tomorrow forever and ever. We can all get paid for doing nothing. We can all live off of future money. And put our great, great, great grandchildren into debt and everything's going to work out just fine. And the companies have plenty of money to hire people. Why? Well, they were given these stimulus monies, but the money was worth far less than we thought it was because the Fed had created the money out of thin air. So for a short time, there were more jobs and less people wanted to work. And so this created the impression that we can move from job to job, trying to find better pay and better bennies. But it all rests in this worldview conveyed through the massive stealing program initiated by the federal reserve of the United States and the federal government impressing on the populace that we can create money out of thin air, hand out the stimmy checks and create this awesome economy. (laughs) It just doesn't work that way. No. Well, there's one more issue before we're done. Steve, There does appear to be something of a slothfulness and an immaturity and a failure to embrace responsibility about the present generation. Now, I'm guessing that pretty much every older generation has said that about the previous generation for the last 6,000 years, roughly, (laughs) of human history. (laughs) Yeah, but it's really true this time. It's really true this time. (laughs) All except for the fact that we have an ongoing spiraling 
of the character of the nation from one generation to the next and then to the next and then to the next. And so the bottom line is we have less and less of the generation raised in the 1940s and the 1950s, the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, and 1990s, where they see the value of maturity. It's a book written at one point that I thought the title is excellent and the content was okay, but it was called Revolt Against Maturity, written by R.J. Rushdoony. And I appreciate that, that there is something of a revolt against maturity that happens in revolutionary cultures. And we have seen this. There's the idea that there's something virtuous about being carefree and fancy free. Have you, have you got the, ever heard this? Like the Peter Pan oh, yeah. thing is like so cool. And there's supposed to be something virtuous about a 54 year old ski bum or surfer boy still listening to Beach Boy songs on his earbuds. <laughs> like there's something cool yeah. about that. And you understand what I'm talking about? There's something in our culture oh, yeah. that has this youth fetish or this idea that being irresponsible. And not growing up and assuming responsibility is really cool. And I, it, it's been coming for quite a while. And I, I remember, you know, summer jobs when you would you would get a summer job, you'd work all summer so you could earn some money before you went back to school. And there were plenty of people out there, especially in the old farming communities, that had work for you to do. And so we always found something to do to make money during the summer. And sometimes we'd have part-time jobs during the time that we were in school as well. But that's all been that's all gone. And you end up with college students who have graduate from college who have never worked a day in their life. They've they've never grown up. And then they go out and they get their nine to five job and you start seeing them on TikTok, especially females who are on TikTok saying, I don't know how people do this. I don't have time. I don't have the time to, you know, go thing, go do things that I want to do. I'm not making enough money. I'm not, you know, just on and on. They were sold a bill of goods. That's, you know, all of a sudden it's not working. And, uh, you know, it, it, we we just need to get back to what the Bible says and things seem to work better that way. Proverbs 10 verse 26, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. So is the sluggard to those who send him, mm-hmm. you know, what an irritation <laughs> to a manager or to somebody who's trying to supervise, get it done, bring in the harvest. And you've got a guy, it just takes you, you know, every crowbar, in the tool chest to get that guy up on his feet and doing the work. He's just not responsible. You can't count on him. He's not dependable. Just heard recently from somebody, I've heard this several times where a young person says, I just don't feel like going to work today. In fact, I'm just going to quit. And then somebody asked him, so have you put in your notice? Notice? No, I just haven't shown up for three days. You know, and occasionally they'll text the manager saying, oh, by the way, I'm not coming in anymore. Just the idea that, you know, there's, there's no dependability. Sending a message by the hand of a fool is like cutting off one's feet and drinking poison. That doesn't sound like very much fun to me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and my, my youngest who uh, works at a donut shop, she, she deals with this all the time and the managers love her because she knows how to work. 
and they they know that when they send her when they when they ask her to do something it'll get done and then they are trying to get her to train other people but other people just don't show up and and she i think she would testify to the fact that it's vinegar to the teeth and it just uh she 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 hates it but she is she shows up every day at, that she's scheduled and she knows how to work and the management loves her. One more that. proverb that strikes me. And by the way, you can get these uh, in commentary on them and family Bible study devotional guides are Proverbs Bible study guides available at our website. But uh, Proverbs 18 verse 9, also he who is slack in his work is brother to him who destroys. In other words, it's, uh-huh. it's counterproductive. It's destructive. It's, it's going to be a negative to, to have that warm body who is not dependable, not responsible, not diligent, working in your organization is going to be counterproductive to the entire organization. You're going to have to get away from him as soon as possible. So, and I talked a little bit to this this morning in one of my discipleship groups, but uh, why are we diligent about our labors? Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit. This is Romans 14, this is New Testament. So again, not just Old Testament, but New Testament. But here, In the New Testament, we get a little bit of a development that I think does help us to better understand the motive that gets us out of bed in the morning and gets us off to work to minister. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, it is serving the Lord. So again, it's, we are not our own, we are bought with a price. We wake up every day and we realize, you know, I don't belong to myself. I am not my own. I have been redeemed. I have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not, not only does God own me in the sense that he created me, and I have responsibility. I'm not just a piece of cosmic dust floating around the universe of pure, pure chance, operating my life in some kind of a random sort of way. No, no, I am going to be diligent. I'm going to be organized. I'm going to be deliberate and intentional in my planning for what I'm going to do today because I serve the Lord Jesus Christ and I am going to do it with all my heart. I am not a man pleaser. I'm a God pleaser. I'm a Jesus pleaser because he bought me. I don't have control over my own life. He controls me. He owns me. And I am delighted to serve him because he is the greatest master and the greatest friend. And he has already given his life for me. So there's nothing I cannot give for him as servant to master. And this is the mentality that we need to have. That we are doing everything that we're doing in our work with all of our heart as unto the Lord. That's, that's the mentality of the, the Christian. So how do we prevent our young men from following the zeitgeist of irresponsibility, slothfulness, undependability, etc. Well, first of all, it's got to be the metaphysic that who are you? Why are you here? What is your relationship to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ? What kind of mission has he got you on? Well, you're preparing as a young man to be a husband, a father, raising children, the nurture and the admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the message I gave to our young men in the discipleship group this morning. And by the way, again, two resources that I'm using actually right now in my Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday Bible study classes for young men. First are the Proverbs Bible study guides. I already mentioned that. But I'm also taking 
these six young men through leader development, a course by uh, Philip Kaiser. It's actually just a very short uh, course in a sense, but it's actually taking us close to three years to get through some 600 questions that will prepare a young man for all of life to be a leader. Yes. To be a worker. Yes. To be a member of a church, to be a father, a husband, etc. Uh, So I'm taking these six young men through this course called Leader Development, a Mentoring Checklist for Sons and Young Men by Philip Kaiser, a good friend of ours. And uh, it's available. I think it's free for a download at biblicalblueprints.org. So I'm taking six young men through that. Oh, by the way, I'm also taking seven young men through a book called Disciplines of a Godly Man. And uh, that's a course that uh, we offer here as part of the generations.org offerings. Again, you get the Proverbs Bible Study Guides and Disciplines of a Godly Man. Uh, it makes for a great Bible study with young men in your church, so I'd recommend that uh, as well. And by the way, what I do for that young men's study is I, I take our motorhome all the way down to a Walmart uh, down near Colorado Springs, which is ground zero for these seven young men. We park it on the northwest corner of that parking lot, Steve. I push out the push, pull out, and... Uh, and these six or seven young men, they drive up and they crawl into the motorhome. We sit in our couches. I pull out some Izzy's, hand those out to the guys. And uh, we do our discipleship group each Thursday at four o'clock down in the North Colorado Springs area. So it's, it's really a cool kind of thing. You know, they're pretty faithful with it. So it's been a good opportunity for discipleship for young men. That's really good. That's really it's got a good. mobile Bible study for young men. So yeah, anybody else wants to copy me on that, go for it. All right, well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast, friends. We don't just curse the darkness on this program. We light candles. That's what Steve and I are doing. And, and Steve, you're going to do this in about 20 minutes from now. You're going to do more yeah. <laughs> mentorship in 20 minutes from now. So we're going to have to get off. But yeah. uh, friends, you can get these resources at our website, generation.org. And don't forget Phil Kaiser's biblicalblueprints.org leadership development course for young men. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.